hello. <clears throat> Welcome to the Professional Insight Podcast. Uh, season five episode, we have no bloody idea. Um, my name is Brandon Curry. And I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. And Trevor Lindy. And we have an amazing guest with us today. Um, the executive director of the Niagara Wine Festival, Dorian Anderson. Hi, Dorian. Hello. Thanks Hi, guys. for coming on. Thanks for thanks for having the time for us. Really thanks appreciate for it. making the time. <laughs> I know it's amazing. She's very busy as she's preparing for. Uh, well, you just got off of uh, Canada's largest wine festival back in September. And I think, I, I don't know where we stand on is if it's coming up as uh, Canada's largest ice wine festival. I, I don't even know, but we'll let you get into that. And that's happening in January. Um, but uh, yeah, well, how about before we go, how about a little bit about yourself, your career path, what got you to where you are today? And then maybe because our listeners are across the country. So um, please like, and, 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 go into like yeah, definitely that because there's a lot of people that watch that you know across the world how did you Brandon, get like across yeah, the world across the world we are worldwide universe in our own in our own minds in our own yeah. minds um very big especially, in Singapore. Then, very especially big because in Singapore. of jeff's jeff's good uh throat clear there right when the episode started there. oh yeah it's perfect right when the episode started, <laughs> nice good throat clear uh, i'm in, i'm in and then I'm in contest for that. Yeah. And then, and then uh, we want to know how you got into, there's people that want to know how did you become an executive director and then, you know, into the history of the, the, the wine, the, the wine festival. So go ahead. All right. I'm happy to. Uh, and thanks to Jeff for clearing his throat just to make me feel comfortable in my first time on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So my, in my history, uh, started through uh, my university first job, actually. So I was an English major at the University of Western Ontario, which sort of seems like a bit of a strange way to get into. Yeah, Western, yeah. purple and proud. <laughs> um, but um, I started when I was there working uh, just like a weekend and then summer job with the Mosaic Group, which is a, a really large experiential marketing company in um, in Canada, across the country. Um, and so I just sort of loved that kind of work. I loved activating brands. I loved coming up with creative ideas. Um, and my biggest clients when I worked there were Labatt Breweries. So I worked uh, on the Labatt, you know, remember the uh, Out of the Blue campaign where they would whisk people off to go to bars? Oh, yeah. Yeah, from bars. Absolutely. Well, I got to work on that, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> nice. Uh, I worked on the Kokanee Mountain Patrol campaign. So, um, yeah. So I got to take people away oh, wow. walking and stuff. Uh, and then I also um, worked with uh, Budweiser. So I got to hire Bud Girls. And we did the Budweiser big rig that went like across the country. So basically when we were all in college and university and drinking at the bars, you were yeah. responsible for those promos that we were enjoying living our dream. essentially. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like, the, it was such a fun job. It was, um, it was awesome. I loved every single second of it. So, um, and yeah, so I, I worked there for quite a while and then, um, out of the blue, I was living in Niagara. I grew up in St. Catharines and out of the blue, one of uh, the contacts I'd made while I was working a Budweiser event, um, called me and said, the Buffalo Sabres are looking for a Canadian like sales and marketing coordinator. Are you interested? 
Um, and you know, I've always, I was a tomboy. I was always really into sports. Um, ironically, not hockey, but I loved everything else. Um, but my experience working with the NFL through the Budweiser program, I think was kind of a good fit. So yeah, I left the the marketing uh, agency and I went to work um, for the Canadian office of the Buffalo Sabres, which was, you know, I grew up a Sabres fan and I still am. And if any of you love the Leafs, I have no interest in hearing about them at all. Oh, uh, that's like me and uh, as a uh, habit. Uh, 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 oh, hey, we can on. end this. Let's end the show. You now. had so much potential. I saw end you the like show. the Raptors and Drescu. Oh my God! I mean, yeah, the but Leafs. you know what? Potential Amazing. is potential is what the Leafs go into every playoff with, and they never actually realize anything. So that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Oh, Jack, wow. is this okay. uh, would that meme that you always send me about Habs fans apply now to uh, it does, absolutely? Oh, okay, People who yeah. aren't Leaf fans like talking about Leafs more than Leaf fans do? Thank you, Dorian. We could completely derail this entire podcast right now if you just want to start slamming on the Leafs. I'd be happy to. <laughs> um, I'm with you, Dorian. The, let's let's have at her. Third oh, place in the entire league, Leafs. Yeah, what's uh, that first place? Third place in the entire league. Okay. Okay, but ex- please explain to me for a second how they're not first place. Like with their story and their legacy and the money and everything behind them, they have no reason to not have won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh, rookie with the picture. Oh, oh rookie. I love Rook. it. Right through Ouch. the heart. Yeah. Please, right through the heart. rookie. Hey, that hurt. I'm having way more fun than I thought on this thing. <laughs> um, oh, wow, rookie. He had a backhand, though. Sundin had a backhand. To- Compete with he would backhand Sabre fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> zero was, cups was, and get out of here. When I worked for the Sabres, it was awesome because the Leafs never won in the arena when we were there. So, it was great. <laughs> so anyway, we should probably carry on. So, um, yeah, so I worked with the Sabres until they decided uh, when they changed ownership, they decided to close the Canadian office. And um, and then... Terry, Terry Pagula oh, did that? Uh, no, it was... Um, uh, it was after the remember the Regas family that went to oh yeah jail. they had a cup of coffee and they owed it yeah they owned yeah it. so Gal- Tom Golisano bought the team and he was from Rochester so he wanted to move the the resources to a satellite office there were and you there so, with the during the Hasek years oh yeah I met him I spent time with him the whole Hasek and Nolan fiasco not for the Ooh. Nolan years I wasn't there for that part okay but I have to tell you like he was a very interesting guy. And we always did training camp here in St. Catharines. And um, uh, part of my job was to take the players to all their community events. And what m- many people don't know is Dominic Hasek actually had polio as a child. Ooh. So, oh, oh. yeah. So he um, he was incredible you know, story. I know he couldn't maybe wouldn't have been able to walk, but ended wow. up physically being fine. And so the Niagara Peninsula Children's Center was a place he always insisted on visiting. And he would get like right on the floor and play like hockey with the kids. And he was amazing there. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. That's should have awesome. had a cup. He should have won a cup for Buffalo. He deserved yeah. it. He got he screwed. Deserved it. He yeah, deserved he, it. Yeah. He was, he was he definitely screwed. one of the best goaltenders in the league at the time. Yeah. Maybe ever. ever. <laughs> um, okay, so back to wow. the business side of things. <laughs> well, that's Matt, Matt Murray's the best goalie ever. Come on. <laughs> oh. Not Felix Potvin? He's the only goalie in the history of the NHL to win two Stanley Cups as a rookie. All right. But where is he now? Going to win a third Stanley Cup. Okay. Not a rookie anymore. All right. 
You gave Dorian the well, anyway, statistic <laughs> now. You started it, Dorian. You started You've got to explain the statistic. How did he win two cups and one as a rookie? Do you because really his first it? year when he won it, he didn't play enough games to be considered a rookie, and he took over for, for Marc-Andre Fleury. And then right. the next year, next year was his official rookie year. Did they still give so him a as ring? a rookie? He can't. Oh yeah, he got a ring, ring for both. But he's considered the only goalie to win two cups as a rookie. Oh, hmm. good stat. As now a Toronto Maple Leaf. <laughs> I, well, okay. I like the first part of that story. Okay, so um, okay, so then yes, so they closed down uh, the Sabers office. Uh, it's kind of a long story. I hope you gave me enough time. Um, then oh, yeah. I, I, You're good. through the same contacts I'd met through Budweiser, um, I got hired to work the um, World Cycling Championships in Hamilton, uh, where I met um, and worked for the now Minister of Tourism, Neil Lumsden. Um, and so we worked together on that project. And then he left and started a sport marketing agency. And I worked with him there, where we started the Canadian National Pond Hockey Championships up in Huntsville. Um <laughs> Yeah, kind of awesome. So we started That's that and ran really that awesome. together for six years. Did any of you guys play in it? Nope. But I no, played a lot of pond definitely, hockey. Definitely a lot of pond hockey and definitely followed it for sure. That's yeah, a it big was, tournament. It was awesome. It was super fun. Um, and we then grew it up just doing got... that in Timmins, right? So, Pardon me? I said, I'm from Timmins, so we grew up doing that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think a lot of people did. Um, and then we took that across the country. We did events in Winnipeg. We did events out in um, in BC. Uh, and then basically I got to the point where I was like, I think I need to have kids. So I looked for something a little closer to home um, and started working in uh, with actually the Niagara Benchlands area running uh, a wine marathon for them. And that kind of is what brought me back home and got me into the wine game. I mean, I've been researching wine on my own. It's pretty uh Pretty As enthusiastically we all <laughs> for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, connoisseur. Huh? That's a nice way of putting it, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, so I started working with as a consultant with the Niagara Benchlands group and then sort of just kind of kept collecting uh, wine events along the way. Graze the Bench is another amazing one. Uh, and then the International Cool Climate Chardonnay celebration started, and it was really one of the first wine events that put Niagara on an international map. So some of the best Chardonnay producers from around the world would come every single year to Niagara and we'd have a, a, this weekend in July. And it was like extraordinarily um, successful from a media and marketing perspective, but also gave consumers a great event. And then, yeah. And then after that, I was there uh, for eight years. Um, and then Kimberly Huntermark, who was the executive director of the Niagara Grape and Wine Festival, moved to BC. So they were searching for someone new and a few people recommended that I look into it. And now here I am. And how long have you been in this role? Since 2017. Okay. Yeah. So 2017 at the end of the fall festival or the big festival I started. So I had a 2018 and 19 and then COVID. So to be fair, you, you how was 2022? Oh, 2022 was awesome. Like we, we only did, I mean, obviously we're shut down for most of COVID and then we did little bits of programming just to sort of keep the wineries, uh, to as much volume and traffic as we could get to the wineries going. Cause that's part of our job is to really promote the industry and help our partners succeed. Um, and then, but we came back, uh, to Montebello park, which is the main hub of the grape and wine festival this year. And it was the busiest year we've ever had. Some uh, some new technologies uh, introduced this year. How did you find that? 
It was amazing, actually. It was, uh, it's funny. We have been thinking about going like with a tap payment format. So we used to use like the metal tokens and we've been thinking about going to this payment system for quite some time, but we're really concerned. Niagara Grape and Wine, for those of you that don't know, um, is kind of like bred into people that live in Niagara. Like you grow up and you just know about it. You, you know, from the time you're a small child, you're sitting on the curb for the grand parade. Um, when you Especially are a teenager, pardon me? Especially St. Catharines, people just love Niagara. Well, it's what, 70, yeah. 71 years now going on it to is. your 71st year, right? So. Yep. Yeah. So it's been around forever. So um, we were just concerned that, you know, some of these longtime fans would have a really hard time transitioning away from tokens because, you know, there's traditions. In it's Paris, part of right? the experience, right? And it's part so, of the experience. Oh, yeah. Everyone yeah. remembers lining up for tokens. <laughs> everyone remembers. Not necessarily a good experience, right? No, it was never a good experience. So exactly. before we continue, before we continue, as we start getting into our funny stories and we have a ton of people that listen to us nationally and in and, and a little bit internationally as well. There's a ton of expats uh, from Niagara all over. So if you're watching us right now and you have a funny story, you've been to the great Niagara Grape and Wine uh, in September. Uh, maybe you came here for university or college and then you came and you went back or have you ever experienced it? Drop us in the comments. We'd love to hear it because... Uh, we all remember it literally it's the way it, the only thing that i can even think about is um it's the only time in niagara where literally the police literally look at everyone lining the streets for the parade and they just go you've got wine in your uh meh, never mind just whatever and every, it, like the whole downtown is just one giant and everyone's got party. red it's teeth <laughs> everyone's got red, red teeth. teeth white everyone is just freaking from 10 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. right straight through. It's one hell of a party. So, Dorian, uh, let's give a little bit of history on that and then explain what the Fall Festival is, and then we'll get into the Ice Wine Gala. Sure, yeah. Um, so, as you mentioned, the festival is in its 70th, 72nd year, I believe. Um, well, entering its 72nd year. So, yeah, so we the the big parade that, that Brandon was just talking about is um, – sort of snakes through downtown St. Catharines. Uh, we have about 50,000 people that line the streets that morning to see the Grand Parade. And we've got about 100 different acts. We have, you know, everything from a high school, you know, drum corps to professional musicians that travel all around the world and dancers. And it's like amazing. It's a, you know, kind of like everything with the Niagara Grape and Wine Festival. It's a beautiful combination of local community talent and culture and like, blow your mind awesome fun so um we're was adding a closing lot. closing float back did i hear like uh, this was it this past year or so yeah interestingly we were so way back in the day which you know when i was growing up i have to now say way back in the day um <laughs> we, a few moons ago a few moons a few ago. moons ago um yeah so it was our partner city um in our sister city in trinidad and tobago that always would end the parade um, and they had this big, beautiful float, kind of like a caravana sort of theme. And then that just kind of went away um, over the years before I got here. Um, I, I'm assuming just uh, maybe the community just couldn't do it anymore. 
Um, but there's an amazing woman named Natasha Bell, who own, is part of an organization called Black Owned 905. And she spearheaded to bring it back this year for the first time. So they did nice. a great job with it. Yeah, it, was all, it wasn't the gr huge grand float that was highly decorated as it used to be in the 70s. But I understand her goal is to get it back to that point. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome that she's working on that. It's one of those, uh, I don't know much of the history because I'm a northern kid, but it gives you goosebumps a little bit, right? Because it's something that's coming back from the past. So that oh, I, sure. I understand a lot of people really enjoy. Yeah. Nostalgia is the best. Mm. Nostalgia Absolutely. is the best. Um, and yeah, so there's that. And then other than that, the fall festival. So basically we have about 125,000 people that come through Niagara for the festival every fall. Um, Montebello Park, which is this beautiful park in downtown mm -hmm. St. Catharines. It was also designed by the same uh, person that designed Central Park in New York City. Hmm. Fun fact for you. That's a fun yep. fact for sure. Fun, fun little fact. And uh, so we animate the park for two weekends and we have about 20 to 25 wineries from across Niagara that, you know, come and pour. So you can sample up to 110 wines we had this year available to try. Um, and this year we launched a cocktail lounge for the first time. So all the cocktails had VQA wine as a component. Um, and they were like incredibly popular. Like it, you know, they were delicious. The Montebello Sour was by far the best selling thing in the park. So good. So, so good. good. Yeah, I Brandon, you tried a couple, right? <laughs> he tried all huh? of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. 110. <laughs> all I remember from like we rented the um, Cabana. For the, this is the first year for the Cabana because you guys did a really great job in opening up the park this year. So it seemed like it wasn't as busy, but we, we obviously attendance is mm -hmm. was through the roof but because you utilized i thought you and your team really did a really great job at organizing the park because there's a ton of places for kids to go so there's like bouncy castles and stuff like that so it didn't really seem that busy but there was a cabana that we rented and i don't all i remember is i i, I got an uber home <laughs> and i got woken up on the couch at around 7 30 8 o'clock at night like but we started at midday so i so you got all 110 uh, those cocktails were good those cocktails. well i can't i can tell you brandon in case you forgot uh you were engaged uh -huh. in a very long and competitive game of hacky sack for quite some time <laughs> was i you were in front of the cabanas all right yeah. well you know went in the park and there's a hacky sack why not? I don't remember. One must hack, right? One must, One must hack with a hacky sack. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so no, it was it was a great return for sure. And you know, we were a little concerned that people would be nervous being in like large crowds, which is part of the reason we opened the park up the way we did. But uh, yeah, people came back, you know, celebrating and ready to have something that you know they can connect to and you know brings back those nostalgic good time feelings. So yeah, it was awesome. It was were, great. were you involved with the City in Color concert at Montebello this summer? No, I wasn't actually. That was run by um, a group with, within the city of St. Catharines itself. Yeah, that was four days and it was packed. It was banging, packed. yeah. Nobody was worried about COVID at all. <laughs> Nobody. Well, in a way, I was a little glad that that was first because it kind of gave us a sense that like, okay, we can go full steam ahead. Oh, yeah. People were like, That's yeah, right. I'm confident. I'm, I'm yeah. partying. But there is other festivities, so, I think. Uh, yes. There was this year or... That, that at least stretched it for the full month? There was, yeah. We launched a new program called Grape and Wine Month this year. Um, and the whole point of that was to try to get 
the rest of Niagara kind of helping them rebound a little bit from COVID. So that's part of our job as a festival. It's not just to throw great events as much as we like to do that. Um, but we also feel like um, we're kind of a hub for the hospitality and tourism industry as well. So we wanted to create a program where local restaurants and little shops and, you know, really anyone that can connect to the theme of grape and wine could create events that we would um, co-market with them. So, for example, there's an amazing new wine shop that opened up in downtown St. Catharines called Archives. And they have some a lot of virtual wine brands and like less pop, like, well, they're actually less popular, but less lesser known wines. So they launched a whole month long program of tasting. So, um, yeah, we got to promote that small business and some restaurants did special menus. And yeah, so we're going to be you- doing that every year from now on that the oh. whole month of September will have uh, grape and wine events every single day. Pairings, we'll say, right? Pairings, yes, nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so. Josh awesome. wants credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. I, oh, and I got an. Got I got an idea we can take offline. Uh, Dorian, I got an idea we can take offline. Just came. You just kind of jogged my memory, and I just kind of thought of something. But we'll talk about it offline, just for for next. He's, he's stealing your idea, Bond. Like, he's stealing your no, idea. No, Bondo, oh, yeah. Bondo kind of triggered it. It was good. That's okay. Good. No. Brandon's got lots of ideas. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, I just just throw stuff to a wall and hope it sticks. Um, so <laughs> what stuff what are we throwing to the wall? Wow, you know, <laughs> all the good stuff. You don't want to know grape skins. Grape skins. Grape skins. There you go. Um, so what are we doing with? Uh, okay, so then, but there's also the discovery pass, which you do right, and and that's run three times a year. Yes, three um, times a year, and it always sort of surrounds what? signature events. Yeah. So the discovery pass, just for those that haven't done it before, um, again, we work with the with winery partners. So this is like a self-guided winery passport program. So each of the wineries comes up with a seasonal pairing, Josh, of um, of food and wine that's seasonal. So, you know, in the in the fall, it's like bigger red wines or like richer white wines with sort of like cozy fall type foods um, or whatever sort of in harvest in that season. And uh, and guests they buy a pass, they get six of these experiences. They usually can choose from over 20 different um, wineries. They just sort of scan the menu, pick the places they'd like to visit. And then they just go visiting wineries and they get to have this special little experience um, with this you know, curated pairing. And then the hope is that they like the wine or they want to have other wines as well. Um, and they grab some Niagara VQA wine before they head out. It's really a unique industry, right? Because it's not often where you see so many different people marketing together. Yeah. Right. Cause true. really that, that, that's, that's a lot of time, you know, at least partially what they're doing. Right? For the greater good. Yeah. For the greater good. I think also too, because you know, the impact the industry has on tourism is so significant. Um, it's become not just a product. It's a reason people come to the region. So, you know, groups like ours that come up with these multi venue programs, part of that is to really tie into that that tourism uh, community for sure. No, it's fa- 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 fabulous. It's phenomenal. <laughs> fabulous and phenomenal. Now, I don't know what the hell you smash them together and you get. <laughs> I've uh, so now then you've got um, now we didn't you didn't run the harvest festival this year right uh no not the harvest festival the um homegrown 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 uh, festival this year and um so there's but that's coming out in the summertime that's in june and 
the but what we're planning right now or what you're planning right now is the um the ice wine gala which we should announce hmm. got the green light boys got the green light uh crier media right dorian um are the whole network and there'll be uh other people on board we're we're, uh, we're promoting it we're going to be promoting it for the the ice wine gala so you want to give people some information about the ice wine gala and where it's being held and um it, it's it's definitely a formal event which is amazing mm -hmm. but go ahead well i'm really excited to talk about this so um the ice wine gala is the kickoff to the ice wine festival every year uh, the Ice Wine Festival is three weeks um, in January, always the last three weeks of January. And again, kind of like we talked about with um, Grape and Wine Month, there's events all across Niagara. The wineries do special events. We do a Discovery Pass, that self-guided tour. Um, and the gala has always been a formal kickoff event that sort of gets everybody ready for it. This year, um, I'm so excited because we're changing the venue and we are um, going to be hosting it at the Niagara Parks Power Station. Mm. So, um, hmm, if you if you are All right, near, so uh, a little bit, uh, if, if you can put up that, if you can put that your URL or um, the the you know the the guide, the picture of whatever it is um, for, for the power like station. Me. But you want to tell me. people. You're starting with, to sound Sunday like me. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Not the Sunday <laughs> one. Not the Sunday. <laughs> Jeff and I are still hurting from that. We're just still hurting. No, I'm not hurting um, at all. Not hurting at all. Um, what is the okay? So the, the power station. So, so the power give station. the history. Yeah, yeah. Give, the power give station's the incredible. If anyone's driven by Niagara, driven along the Parkway, mm -hmm. they'll sort of see right at the top of the Horseshoe Falls this beautiful old stone building that looks like a canal in front of it, and it's been sitting abandoned for years. Uh, and that's the Niagara Parks power station. So um, the Niagara Parks commission, uh, I think it was a, a few years ago anyway, received a $25 million loan from the province to renovate this into uh, uh, an attraction. So they have done an incredible job. It opened two years ago. So you literally walk into what looks like a moment in time. They still have all the old generators and gaskets. They've even got old, um, you know, fire extinguishers. It's almost like when they closed the power station, people just got up from their desks and walked out well, so it's awesome. all been it's incredible it's been beautifully preserved so part of the whole experience for the guests at the gala is they get to go into this museum which is this gigantic vast incredible space wicked. Um, that'll be wicked oh but that's not even it it gets so much better so <laughs> they have a they have this really cool um this really cool um light show called currents and it's a light and sound, 100% like 360 immersive light experience that essentially tells the story of the, oh, there we go. That's what it looks like. Now, of course, we're going to add some bells and whistles. Good job, rookie. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and then you can imagine they have this incredible light show that goes floor to ceiling and around everything. And it's um, themed around the movement of water through the power station, but also sort of tells a bit of a story. So you're standing in this incredible venue with these lights swirling around you and music and sound. Um, so that's going to be part of the experience as well for guests. The first hour, we're going to have that show running. And then the final, you know, the cherry on top is if you haven't already heard of the tunnel, the pièce de résistance. The pièce de résistance. <laughs> so there is a 180 foot um, or an elevator that goes down 180 feet 
and it's a glass elevator. So as you go down, you can see all the workings of all the turbines. And I'm like, it looks like the best place to film a horror movie ever. Um, <laughs> you get to the bottom and you walk out into a tunnel where the water from the turbines actually used to flow. And it's the original tunnel. All the bricks in it are the original five and a half million handmade bricks that, that created it. And it's about a kilometer walk, close to a kilometer to walk. Um, and then you walk out and you end out on this beautiful observation deck. And you, if you turn to the right from what you're seeing in that photo, yeah. the Horseshoe Falls lo almost look like you could touch them. Because that's the American Falls there that we're looking at, right? Exactly, yeah. Wow. And, and it's just like, it's the kind of experience, even if you've grown up in Niagara and you've been to the falls a thousand times, you've never seen it like this before. No, you, 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 just, you just can't get that close. You can't. You can't, and even the walk can't. down the tunnel is incredible because you like realize it's 28 feet tall, I think. And you realize this was hand dug by people. It took four years to build this tunnel. And you can kind of feel like the history as you're walking through it. It's just, oh, it's yeah. just awesome. So yeah, so guests at the gala get to do that. They don't, you know, there's, that's all included in their ticket. Um, that's wicked. That's a wicked, right that'll be a wicked experience. Yeah. Oh, and then we have to talk about the wine. I mean, obviously that's part of it um <laughs> we have about 20 different wineries that'll be pouring premium premium vqa ice wine some sparkling wines and some other sort of specialty wines and then we've got awesome chefs lined up um niagara parks is going to be um, hosting some of the food dispatch restaurant in st Catharines, which was named one of the top 100 restaurants um and then Bolit is it another incredible restaurant yeah. moksha so we've really tried to nice. pair the food around the flavors of ice wine so yeah, it's going to be awesome. And now isn't the area renowned internationally for for our ice wines? Yes, it is actually. We are one of the only countries that makes ice wine. So Germany makes uh, ice wine, um, <laughs> but their production is uh, less than we have than ours in Canada. We're the largest ice wine producing country in the world. Um, and export is a huge part of what we do for sure. Um, some of our, you know, some of the larger wineries, you know, a significant amount of their business goes to exporting um, ice wine. But yeah, most of the wineries in the region, well over half, do make um, ice wine at some level or a, a late harvest sort of wine. Yeah. Are they, are Have they you tried it before? Yes. Yeah, are I know Brandon's tried it, but. Are they predicting yeah, yeah. a good harvest this winter too? Well, it's interesting. Uh, it, it all depends on Mother Nature, right? So yeah. The way that ice wine is, um, what sort of makes it special is the grapes have to get to minus eight degrees and they have to stay there. I think, Brandon, what is it? A minimum of 12 hours, I think. They have yeah, to be it's, minus yeah. eight. Yeah. But they also have to harvest them when it's minus eight. So it's and not I, just a matter of the grapes hitting that temperature. The farmers actually have to go out when it's minus eight or colder and harvest all night. the grapes. I know. Yeah, when I worked for um, Andrew Peller Limited um, 20 years ago, um, part of the experience of being an employee there, especially working at cellar door was, um, one year we got a, we got a section of, of their block as the, as the store to, you know, hand pick, uh, cause you can't, you can't machine pick it because you'll too, too much, too much heat and the grapes will get ruined. So you have to hand pick. So there you are literally at two o'clock in the morning, the coldest part of the day to ensure that it's minus eight and that you're basically picking ice cubes, freezing your butt off. And that's why when people like turn the, you know, when I say to people, 
they're like, oh, it's only 375 mil bottle and it's like $90. I'm like, yeah, if you knew the labor that went in to making this, it's, it's, it's incredible. And a lot of the grapes too, you can only hand press them because mm -hmm. again, a balloon press, which is very standard for your red and whites, um, they'll just, they can just destroy them. So it's, it's such a great, very intricate process to make ice wine. Well, and it's oh, like squishing cool. a frozen berry as opposed to a fresh berry. Like the concentration <laughs> and the amount of juice you get is like so minuscule. Yeah. So, yep. and I mean, I'm a bit of an ice wine convert. Like it, I like generally dry wine. So for me, um, ice wine was never really something I was that excited <clears throat> about or that interested in. But once I kind of came into this world a little bit more, um, I started thinking about you know, they talk about often that ice wine's not just for dessert and it's not just a sweet wine, but it does really well with savory and uh, spicy food. So I was like, well, I'm a foodie. I'm going to give it a whirl. And honestly, um, like curries and Indian food with ice wine is unbelievable. Really? Like, eh? Oh my God. Super spicy food, like sort of yeah. any Asian Like a good food. butter chicken or something? Yeah, for sure. Really? Or like, eh? or like Korean fried chicken or like mm -hmm. or anything that's got some great spice and like, or like a really unctuous savory, like foie gras. I mean, I don't like it or pate. Um, those things with ice wine are amazing. So it's kind of, <sighs> it can really stand up to some big flavors. Wouldn't you say Brandon? A hundred percent. Yeah, no, it, it just, this, and the beauty also of, of ice wine too, is because of the high sugar content, um, it lasts forever on its side. Mm -hmm. I've had some amazing German uh, ice vines from like the 1950s and 1960s. Um, I believe if I recall correctly. Um, yeah, well, they they can. They they have uh, Gewurztraminer ice wines. Re mainly Riesling is the ones that I've tried. Um, and like they last forever. They last for a very long time on its side. So it's and and that sweetness just cuts right <clears throat> through the spice. So it's perfect. Yeah. I remember so, way back when I was 19, I worked at Hillebrand Winery, and the one guy that trained me said, when you get here first thing in the morning, pour yourself a, a glass of um, sparkling wine, and take a shot of ice wine, and pour it in that, and that's your coffee for the day. But he didn't tell me every hour you had to have another one to keep it going, right? So, yeah. that, and then ice wine on, on vanilla ice cream, I've tried that before. Just oh, really so good. Dessert. I, I actually I'm just had somebody dessert. text me to say that. Somebody oh, just yeah? texted me the saying ice wine and ice cream is the best. Yeah. The vanilla oh, ice, ice cream, right? Because so it, 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 it was nice. But yeah, yeah, but even like, like, sorry, Brandon, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like the Cabernet Franc ice wine <laughs> is sex in a bottle. Like it yeah. is, it is so, oh, yeah, bloody, eh? so, it is expensive. Oh my uh, God. It is literally like <laughs> alcoholic, but great alcoholic, uh, <laughs> like grape jam, like just all over the, oh my God, it's so good. I was just going to say, like, when I think about, like, and even cooking, like, one of my favorite things that I make uh, at Christmas is, like, tortier, which is, like, the Quebec meat pie. But I always incorporate ice wine into it because whenever they're, like, talking about, you know, deglazing a pan or something and using wine, um, you know, if you've got super, super rich flavors, ice wine can go in there and add that little bit of sweet and can also, like, you know, just add this, like, really unctuous flavor to food. So, yeah, so I do that or mix it into soups and stuff sometimes. Um, but, but to your other point too, about the, uh, the sparkling wine and ice wine, ice wine cocktails is a huge thing. So we work a mm, lot with, um, so with VQA wines of Ontario. And, uh, so they have a whole recipe section on ice wine cocktails. So we're going to have a cocktail bar 
actually two of them set up within the gala where we're going to be featuring some ice wine cocktails as well. So ice yeah. wine martini. Absolutely. The ice wine martini. Nice. We're actually going to give an ice wine, ice wine martini to every guest as they arrive. Um, so they're going to get that to sort of kick off their night. So, Bring a so, uh, what, uh, yeah. so Carrie Pahowski. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for texting. She said French vanilla ice cream with ice wine. Obviously that is like a hundred percent. And Carrie, if you've ever been down in Niagara or you live in Niagara or you got a Niagara story, type it. We'd love to hear it. That'd be amazing. Well, Dorian would love to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. But when's the date, uh, Dorian for, for this event and it's all inclusive, obviously all your food, like you don't go into your wallet again, you the do tours, not. everything. So, so yeah. go, what, what, where is it? So it's Saturday, uh, January 14th from seven o'clock to 11 o'clock. Um, yeah. And as you mentioned in, in, in Niagara Falls at the Niagara Parks Power Station, um, tickets are on sale now at uh, NiagaraWineFestival.com or GrapeAndWineFestival.com. Um, they're $225, but it, as Brandon said, everything's included. So includes your parking. It includes all your food and all your beverage for the night, as well as the amazing um, sides and, and elements that are part of that venue. So oh, that's a great um, price point. And we're going to have lots of cool and exciting things for you to, to do while you're there, too. Does it include so, and Uber anyone that watched... and, and bail? <laughs> you have to pay extra for <laughs> WeDrive. <laughs> that you do. But we also are going to be having some really good hotel partners too. So uh, we're getting deals from hotels in the area and most of them have shuttles. So, you know, come and make a weekend of it. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be so much fun. It's And then if, you, you, if you've never seen, if you have never seen the falls that close, it's so beautiful. And then obviously fireworks. Which that which mm -hmm. happens eight o'clock I think every Friday every Friday and Saturday I believe yep so you'll be on the deck you know watching the falls and you'll be able to see the the live fireworks display right at the base of the falls looking up it's gonna be yeah that's rookie look at that buddy yeah. look you're you're amazing man <laughs> um yeah that's it like that's with the railings and everything that's gonna be amazing so you'll be able to see the um. <laughs> Uh, the fireworks display right over the horseshoes. So the horseshoes like right on the, on the right there. Yeah. So this, this um, reminds me actually what, what 2007, I actually proposed to my wife at midnight on Christmas Eve, right above there. Oh, I did it. Oh, that's pretty nice. Not, not there, but I, at the, well, she, she's from Taiwan. So everybody overseas thinks that all of Canada is Niagara Falls. Generally. <laughs> well, the most important <clears throat> that's part where I did of Canada it. anyways. <laughs> well, they think Vancouver yeah. Niagara Falls is like a 10 minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's where I proposed. Nice. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I so did that. She that listens, so I get some good. Anyone that, uh, <laughs> yes. And we know, we know she listens because she was chirping you the last time <laughs> that we were on. She chirping <laughs> me? Chirping you really she good. Me? Oh what? yeah. Oh uh, no, she's tripping Trev. Yeah, Trev no, but trips. heard the lightsaber. That was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, he's got um, it there. So, oh. oh, here he is. There it is, the lightsaber. Um, anyone that watches, uh, keep keep watching the channel uh, for for um, uh, Crier and uh, your favorite, um, you know, Dean and and anyone that's on the network will be promoting it. Um, so, but, definitely sorry, is there a, is there is there a website that uh, was mentioned that we can run across the? The ticker? Yeah, the I gave it to Rookie. Rookie would be the uh, Niagara Wine Festival. That, um, that's the perfect gift for Wine Festival one for husband and wife for Christmas, eh? That's a nice event. Tickets to it'd that, eh? Great, it makes a great gift. 
my yeah, wife says she about experiences, it. so that's nice. You know, how, how many golf, there it is, how many golf tournaments we go to, right? And how much you pay for a golf tournament relative to, you know, the experience. So, yeah. That's no, actually I, a I, really good point. Actually, yeah. Bondo, that's a really good point when you think about it because golf tournaments, you know, like that's, you can be gone for six, seven hours because of the golf is at least four, well, no, in a tournament, <laughs> five and a half, six hours. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> And not always can you uh, get anything inclusive on the golf course. Not necessarily. Yeah. Right. Where do you get an experience paying... the power station anywhere else? You know, like that's, that's history right there. I heard it's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. I've, I've been, been it. so looking forward to it. I went last week and did like a full tour and did the tunnel and everything. And like, it completely blew my mind. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and the other thing that's kind of fun too, is getting a chance to like dress up again. So, mm. you know, it's, we call it wine country formal, which gives it a lot of latitude. So people that want to wear tuxes and like get fully like ball gowned out, knock yourselves out. It's awesome. But you know, my whole thing is dress however you feel you look the best. So if that's in like, with like a mohawk, go nuts, man. Like whatever's going to make you feel like you look amazing. That's how you we just, want people to come and, feel, and, and dress. For sure. Well, that should be suit. everyday life, right? Really? Yeah. Oh, Adidas tracksuit. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> Adidas tracksuits clearing tables, so careful. <laughs> With a pair of Converse Chuck Taylors on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I would say the event, you could definitely wear a tux and you'll not feel out of uh, out of place at all. I've been a couple years when it's had been at other areas, obviously pre-pandemic. Um, and definitely... Um, Some Jack Nash. You know, huh? Well, oh, it is a gala, gala, right? it's, It is a gala. We got to... Right. Hoodie and it's board shorts. No, it's a gala. So we got a hoodie and board shorts. No, but hoodie and like sport jacket, <clears throat> you know, that would could probably pass. That's as long coming, as you're like uh, well groomed, you know. Yeah. Board shorts Nash might be a little and cold. Speedo. Well, and speaking of cold, like we do have to remember this is a, a you know, a very, very old, historic, enormously vast building. So it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be like toasty warm. Um, it's going to be, I would say, we're, you know, coolish. So I would say in like the like low 70s, something like that. So we are, as I mentioned, we're going to have a coat check and a boot check. So if people want to go down to visit the tunnel and go out on the observation deck, it really doesn't apply much to you guys. But, you know, any women that are, you know, wearing like awesome heels or stilettos, Aren't right. going to want to walk a kilometer and stand in the cold in those shoes. So oh. we're going to have an opportunity for them to like swap back into their boots, put their coats on, go down and like have yeah. that experience and come back. So we're really Dorian, thinking you... about the uh, the footwear side of things first. Yeah, for sure. Did you forget we're talking to Leafs fans here? The the three of them. So maybe they do have to change their footwear. Just say it. You know. Oh, a... here we yeah. go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, those fancy boys. Is it is it muggy down there? Like, is it damp and muggy when you're in there? Or is it comfortable? Uh, well, so apparently, because it's so low in the ground, 180 feet down, it's always 60 Oof. degrees in the tunnel, always, all year round. Um, so there's a little bit of like residual, like moisture and stuff on the walls. Not a whole ton though, but I would say, yeah, it would probably feels damp. Um, and then right where the tunnel part is that you that we saw those photos of, there's a glass door that actually seals that off. So that keeps the tunnel pretty regulated. Um, and then whatever happens once you're out on that, you know, that's just subject to the weather. So is it so like you're claustrophobic down there or what? No, it's surprisingly huge. It's like 28 yeah. feet tall and 18 feet wide. So, so you'd be able to fit a Euclid in there. 
Fit the Titanic in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a Uke's a big truck that moves rock it. up in a mine. <laughs> oh, you, but they you did this Timmons all boys. by hand. Can you believe yeah. that? That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I know you don't feel claustrophobic at all. And it's like lit, sort of like ambient lit. It kind of feels like you're in an ancient tunnel, like you are. So um, yeah, it's an awesome place to take photos. And yeah, it's great. It's yeah, amazing. Good photo op. Good photo op. That's a good idea. There's going to be photo ops all over this place. Like, I have a hard time believing people will ever have their cameras off. <laughs> I I just don't see how. Like, I'm really, really excited. Uh, when I found out that that, that location was being considered. Uh, I was pretty pumped because I've been dying to try to get there when they opened it up. Cause it kind of opened up right as the world was opening up from a co yeah. from COVID. Um, and so to have that, uh, to have our events, you know, that, that ice wine gala event at the power stations, just absolutely amazing. So I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty excited. I will be there. I will be in attendance. 100% can't wait. Looking forward to it. Um, and also a bunch of the, uh, personalities on the, the crier media network will mm -hmm. also be in attendance, which you, you gotta look out for that coming down the pipeline and l l watch their shows and interact with them or do whatever they do to give you. Yeah. I think the nice thing is that you, if, you don't, if you don't drink wine, it's a good experience. Like my wife doesn't really drink at all. Right. But it seems like it'd be a good well, yeah. regardless because of the food and the, and the experience. Yeah. Oh, the food and... is unfreaking yeah. real. It yeah. is unbloody real. It's so good. It's so and good. we actually all the top shots from Niagara. Yeah. yeah, and my my husband doesn't drink either. So we, um, you know, I've, I've become a much more considerate person for our, our friends that don't drink much. So we also <laughs> every cocktail bar is going to have a mocktail section as well. So we're going to oh. have like three or four non-alcoholic cocktails at each of the bars. So for you know people that are the responsible drivers or those that just don't like to drink uh, wine, there's going to be something really fun for them too. Isn't it great having a spouse that doesn't drink? It's fabulous. Oh. His name is Drew, so my family calls him the Drewber. <laughs> Drewber. The Drewber. Drewber. Yep. So he's always so if I'm going out, he's like, so is the Drewber on call tonight? And I'm like, not yet, but don't rule Stay it out. Tuned. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that is amazing. The... So and it and obviously tickets are on sale at the at yeah. the website that we just put across uh, below will be which will be amazing. Uh, any questions, please reach out. Um, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. I, I'm, I'm really pumped. I'm really excited in the calendar. Sign, seal, deliver. Actually, our whole office is going. Um, oh, that's and good. our regional, in our regional office, the district director uh, uh, for our for Sun Life is also taking. I think to 26 people, 20 mm -hmm. people, something like yeah. that. So he's 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 taking it and he's coming down too. This will be this will be a lot of fun. Yeah, this will be, be a lot of fun. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, like we are working with hotel partners, the discovery pass happens starting that weekend. So for people that kind of, you know, want to get away right after Christmas or like, as you said, as a Christmas gift, kind of mm. to say, okay, Christmas crazy is over. Let's just go away for a weekend and like, you know, just chill out after the holidays. Um, the discovery pass actually is going to be um, like half price for anyone that goes to the gala. And so you can throughout that entire weekend, you go to pick your six wineries you want to visit. You can tour around at your leisure. All the wineries are doing cool stuff to keep winter alive and, you know, and fun in wine country. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, there's going to be very easy to fill a fun weekend for sure. How, how does the food work? Is it like seated tables kind of thing? Is it no. like you just kind of walk around and you get, you get to pick stuff up kind of? Food stations. Yeah, so it's a yeah. combination of food stations and past hors d'oeuvres. Okay. okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we'll, the be first... full, we'll be full, right? We'll oh, full. you will. <laughs> yeah. And then we also have uh, like live music and we have a DJ coming. So we're going to like have the light show going and have the DJ. So, you know, people can get their groove on if they're into that. And we've got get some their funk on. Did any, did any Maple Leafs buy tickets? Can the Maple Leafs buy tickets? Did, did, did any Maple Leafs buy tickets? Uh, not yet, because they have a surcharge. <laughs> oh, wow. They do. Oh, I was wow. just about to buy a ticket. Just about to let last comment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure yeah. you were. Sure yeah. you were. Check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personally, you got you 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 have you've got an interesting story. Uh, you know, just the way you've introduced yourself. So just apart apart from the, the yeah, well, I mean, apart from the gala, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you've got you know enough stories that I think you probably uh, can write yourself a book there. And all those stories come out when she's got winer, right? You get the real stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, oh, yes, the sales bitch. That's, That's why I don't drink speech. at these events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, no, it's I'll pretty make sure funny. I bring a hacky sack. Yeah, it's, uh, my sister always jokes that I should actually. Um, well, no, the hacky sack had to come out. No, but my sister always jokes that you know I should have when you know when I, when I was single I should have put on my profile worked for you know, a, na a national beer company, hired Bud Girls, worked for an <laughs> NHL team, started a That's podcast. All you had together. to say was Bud Girls. Yeah. Yeah, right? Well, but then they expect this? me to be one. What day is it? Uh, the gala? 17th? Yeah. The 14th, January 14th. Gotta make sure the Leafs aren't playing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, you a, we'll get you a screen that you can go down in the cold basement. It's a Saturday. They would be playing. No. Now, Jeff, you've got oh a... Like, you're, Toronto you're versus playing. Boston. Oh boy! First place in the we'll NHL on the line. <laughs> um, can you get the game playing there in the bottom of the power station so we can watch? Here's what I want to know: with that <laughs> amount of love for this team yeah. and all Loyalty. of their resources, Loyalty. whatever. Trevor just leaned right in right now. He just leaned right in. So, he is. But here's my He's looking for any kind of way he can win an argument. He can't. The love and loyalty of the Leafs fans. They don't love the us back. The love and loyalty of every young boy that grows up, most young kids that grow up playing hockey, dreaming of being one of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh -huh. and the resources they have, how can they not win a cup? How is it possible to, honestly, like, you would if They've actually won the second most cups in the history of the NHL, so they have won cups. No, since 1967. Since any of us have been alive, have they won a cup? How many have Buffalo Sabres won? Okay, we're... Can you even <laughs> one of the That's the last parade. Yeah, it looks good. That's the last parade. It looks great. And, and there is a cup yeah. there. I just think look that at all those hydro lines still above ground. Is that Young Street? Now, <laughs> rookie, rookie, just, David just it, now. Rookie, if, oh, one second, guys. Just rookie four. Just, just, just. You know, I want to say, can you uh, pull up the picture of the last time the Sabers had the their their Stanley Cup parade? Can you, yeah. can you, yeah, there can you it is. There it is. It's right there. It looks yeah, oh, there it is. is. It's right there. Yeah, it looks great. Okay. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Okay, but let's just understand. Montreal. The Sabres <laughs> haven't even been in, the Sabres haven't even been in the NHL as long as the, the drought for the Leafs. 1970. Yes, you're right. So we could fight about this all day. I am happy all to day. go toe to toe with all you. All day. I'm a diehard Leafs fan. All so that any matters Leafs is who won the last cup. And so talk to us in July. It wasn't the Leafs and it won't be the Leafs. Because they know they don't have to win, so they will never, ever win. Oh, they have to win. Ooh. They've been they told. They've been told. 
They don't have to win. The they players want to win. Every year. Some of the players want to win. Some of the players Dub- want to win. Dubish wants to win. Every year. He does. He'll just be fired this year. It's all oh, good. There's they, Hasek. Oh, there's the foot oh, in the crease. Do you know I was at that game? My business partner, Doug, right? He was so there. close. I was at that game in that end when that happened. Really? I almost went apoplectic. Like, it was just, like... So you curse it's the Dorian curse. Oh, I haven't won since then either. Game but seven. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly feel oh, bad for you fans because you're never going to get what you want. Not no, I'm going to tell you what happened. The Leafs haven't won since I lived in my old house. But since I go into my new house, I'm the one who cursed them. It's over. This <laughs> it's over. Right. And there's a fact that Maple Leaf fans are so loyal. There's not a single Maple Leaf fan out there that's ever been divorced. That's how loyal we are. That's <laughs> it's 100%. That's how loyal. Yeah, yeah. Just don't check the stat. That's perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can Google I love it. how Leafs fans make up stats. Fake news. Fake news. Oh. <laughs> it's funny because the Sabres right. fan and the Montreal fan are both talking about the Leafs right now. Right, Trevor? Yo, you know. Here we go. You know. Well, you know. We're more mocking. Just because our team's more interesting. I'd say I'd say mocking, not talking, is what I how I would usually. Our team's more interesting. That's why. (laughs) That's the favorite thing of people out there to watch the Leafs fans. Well, well, Dorian, thank you so much for coming on and riling up Jeff. It was actually a lot of fun and making Trevor smile for the first time today. I think I think ever on the podcast, the first time today, and ever on the podcast. Come on now, yeah. I just like that somebody else on the podcast is laying into Leafs fans. I think rookie kind of is too. I think rookie is. Let let me see if you guys can see that. Rookie's loving it. Can you see that? That's showing Uh, Montreal way down there. Look at Buffalo. Look at Buffalo. They're very. Hey, but Jeff, you know what? The cool thing is, is wait, wait, wait. That's what it looks wait, like wait, every wait, year wait, until the playoffs. Wait, wait. That's true. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> it's first place in the league and that's second place. Every year till the playoffs. And then as soon as the playoffs start, golf season just looks way too good. I guess that means Colorado will wow. win it. It's warm that's why they play the games. That's mm. why they play. We'll have you on after the Stanley Cup parade. Actually, we could do it there. I think we hey. could do it on, on. There you go. Oh, okay. Carrie's my new favorite. Oh, Carrie. Carrie agrees. Carrie agrees right now. She's gonna win. Just let it go. Hey, there we go. She's gonna win. Carrie's right. Anyway, hope to see you guys at the uh, at the Ice Wine Festival this year. The Leafs game. Yes. Yes. Can't uh, can't wait. We're we're really looking forward to it. I'm 100% there. Tickets are already uh, purchased in my bag. uh, In my email, got them. It's perfect. I well, you don't get them. Yeah, I'll then, I don't get them. You get, get emails. Sure. Is it tokens or is it <laughs> tickets? <laughs> it's all inclusive. It's yeah, you, you'll token. get some tokens. <laughs> I want tokens. <laughs> We've got a lot in the basement of the festival office. I'm happy to deliver some to you. If Jeff comes, you should throw them at him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got to push it back to the 10 o'clock start so I can see the game first. And, uh, yes, and we're going to have you on again see the because game we're going to be. We're going to be uh, partnering up my team. again for Canada's largest wine festival, which is the fall festival in September. Mm-hmm. So we will 100% have you on in a couple of months leading into the summer when we have uh, all that programming ready to go with uh, Cryer Media as well. So it's going to be really good. We're pretty Can't pumped. Can't wait. We you guys are kind of a- Thank you so much, Dorian. 
Yeah. We really appreciate you uh, coming on and taking time out of your very busy schedule as you're a couple weeks away from this very major event. So really your appreciate it. ball busting it. was excellent. Hey, it's it was been amazing. a lot of fun, guys. Spot on. on. Spot <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Thank great you great to be with you guys. Thanks so much. Nice meeting you. Okay. Oh, Bye. here's my wife right there. Yes, for Ice Wine Festival. Cannot wait. Okay, good. Well, she's not <laughs> Usually she chirps. How about, yeah, I was going to say, how about cheering on the, the mocking of Kristen? Nah, no, nah, no need. She knows I'm a diehard. Uh, she probably will still chirp big time. <laughs> now that you said that. 100%. Much appreciated. All right. Thanks very much, Dorian. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll definitely have you on in a couple months again just to promote the. Uh, Oh, uh, where's Brandon today? Is he actually? Oh my God! Here we go. Okay, <laughs> perfect. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, son. That's awesome. All right. Love supportive <laughs> wives. Hey, they're, they're great. great. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so All much. Right. It's been great. Thanks, to start you. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, she's awesome. That. Yeah. That kind of sold me on that really whole good. festival. The way she kind of uh, explained it. Eh? Framed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a gonna whole be nice event. It's gonna be a killer for sure. So yeah, anyone that's listening, and and um, this will be our first uh, major podcast event for the Professional Insights Podcast. Um, that some of us will be able to go based on our schedules. So leaves, leaves uh, can make it, and definitely. I was trying uh, to figure out why on my calendar I literally just had ice written, and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself the other day, I'm looking at January, I'm like. What the hell does ice mean? Did we rent the ice? <laughs> I guess I just didn't finish the thought as I was typing it in. It was maybe a text or whatever conversation. I'm typing it in. I put the word ice in and that's it. <laughs> are we going to do a quick wrap up well, then before we take off? We're going to do a quick wrap up. Yeah, we, we will do a quick wrap up. Um, so, but the big thing right now, obviously, it is when we're going live today. It's um, December 16th, you know. Uh, one week and a bit from Christmas. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Happy whatever Hanukkah. you celebrate. Bank of Canada gave us a nice little present just before Christmas. They they did. Wasn't that nice? Wasn't that nice of them? Yep. Yeah. So they screwed up and we all get punished. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, it is it's you know, I'm starting to definitely see the pain points, just even myself. You know what I mean? Like you know, it's, if you're, you know, making 50 to $70,000 a year, like it's like, it's really crunching the middle class right now. Yeah. The, In the all cost. honesty, though, the, the Trevor, crazy part is it, it's, you're saying it's driving the prices down in the houses, but that monthly payment is no different than when they was really high. It's crazy. Right. Not, not it's all going to interest. It's all going to interest. Going to bank account. Four percent. Well, no, let, let. Let's just be clear. When you're in a variable rate or an adjustable rate mortgage, you're not actually paying the Bank of Canada. No. You're paying right. the lender. So, right. Yeah. So the banks. So the the banks. Yeah. So so basically, Trev, it, it's it's the overnight lending rate, right? Plus two and a quarter is prime, right? Or yeah, that's bank prime right now. Right, you said. Right? So 225. Uh, um, yeah. What? It's got to be close like to six, eight? eh? What's it yeah, for? Six and a quarter, uh, isn't it? Two two. Six and isn't a quarter. It? Uh, so, wow, I can't believe 
it's been so long since I've ever had that as part of the conversation. So right now uh, it's four and a quarter is the overnight lending rate from the Bank of Canada, 645. So there's uh, 220 basis points, 2.2%. So what's, what's the difference test between, now qualifying it? I, so it, the stress test qualifier is contract plus two. It's the greater of five and a quarter, 5.25% or the contract rate plus 2%. Unfortunately, we all interest rates, regardless of what term you select now, is higher than 3.25%. So the qualifying rate is higher than 5.25. Most qualifying rates right now are hovering in the sevens. Hate to say it. Qualifying rate is high as I think 789, 7.89%. So That's yesterday, OSFI, Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, on December 15th, has come out and said that they are not going to do anything to change the stress test qualifying rate. It's not... See, uh, they, if you look at that, if they say, yeah, we're going to change it, but we'll do it in March, then who the hell is going to buy? So if they're going to do it, they're just going to pull the Band-Aid off real quick. Right? No way. Gonna. No way. No? no, they won't. No, if they were if they were going to do it, there would be a lead up to it. And I'll explain why I make that statement in a second. OSFI base the reason for them saying they're not going to change the overnight lending rate, or excuse me, the um the, the stress test qualifying rate is because it is not a tool to help uh stimulate the housing market. That's basically what they're on record saying. But it was a That's tool they, that if the interest rates raised that they protect them and they have risen and they've done their so job. In, I believe it was December, 2019. And this is why I say that it doesn't matter. They, they wouldn't just change it overnight. I believe it was December, 2019 because they usually make their announcements in December of every calendar year, whether or not there's going to be any changes coming to the business. And at that time they announced that in April of 2020, that they were going to reduce the stress test to a more um, uh, uh, basically a a, a, um, a stand, they were standardizing it, right? Because it, you know, th- there was two different rules between uh, a conventional mortgage and an insured mortgage. So the idea in December 2019 was standardizing the stress test coming into effect April 2020. Yes, it would have made it a little bit easier to qualify. To be clear. COVID happens, world locks down March. OSFI says, pause for the cause. We're not going to be doing anything for the foreseeable future. And then by, I don't know, July, maybe uh, August of 2020, they're like, okay, done. They got rid of the change. They're like, nope, it's it's suspended permanently. We're not going to make any changes. So you now. still got the two qualifying systems then? Correct. Okay. But technically, because interest rates are so high, there is no longer two qualifying systems. It's only one. It's contract plus 2% because the rates exceeded the five and a quarter. Hi, Mel. Hey, Mel. What's up? Um, Yeah, so, I I mean, it's... Yeah, no, it, it's, it's are, are we are know. we to look at this now then and is it suggesting that the world or us Canadians, Ontarians can anticipate interest rates to get to that point? 
I, I'm sorry. What do you mean? What do you well, mean? Well, the stress test was introduced because interest rates were, they thought low and they wanted they, to create a pocket, right? Where that yeah, if the interest rate, a buffer, yep, right? Yep. Like, so maintaining the stress test in its current form in my head tells me that they still believe that there's a buffer that they need to protect or preserve or create, which is concerning. I it is, I it don't, is very concerning. I don't think that that's their logic behind it. I think their logic very much is if they stimulate the housing market by making it easier to qualify for a mortgage, then mm -hmm. more people are going to be out there and able to buy more people are out there and able to buy what's going to happen. Inflation is going to kind of continue on the path that it is rather than contracting. Right. Well, so the home build specifically definitely have a massive impact on inflation because more people that want to build your, you know, your lumber goes up, your roof, you know, your, your shingles, all that, you know, it, it if you've ever, even, even when you just buy a new home, the, all the furniture you have to buy, it has a massive impact, a positive impact on the economy. But yes. I guess to your point, Trevor, you're right. If it's a, that, that is a huge driver of inflation and in most provincial numbers. And when you strip out housing and new housing starts, um, inflation is not usually all that hot, but now that would exacerbate the problem. But I think the point that we're all making is that this was the Bank of Canada specifically and and federal federal and provincial governments uh, around the world um, and ours were asleep at the wheel. And economists were saying, hey, listen, you should start raising rates. You should stop printing money at the bare minimum. They kept on going. They kept on doing it um, because it got them votes and it got them elected. And um, and then the next thing you know, we have what we have on the on our hands right now. Um, if, Another if force in recession. Like, well, well, if you look at um, she just got a Mel just got a metal roof. Nice. Um, if you look at, for example, um, things like if you look at Japan and you look at, you know, some some of the countries in Scandinavia, um, their inflation's not as high as ours. It's, you know, three and a half, four and a half percent. It's still higher than what central banks want. Um, you know, it, it it's but it's because they stopped printing money. There's a direct positive correlation between the printing of money and inflation. It's been looked at multiple, multiple times by a couple of renowned uh, economists. If anyone's out there listening, a great podcast to watch. Uh, Trevor, I, you and I were talking about it. You watched it. You posted it. I posted it. It's John Stewart interviewing um, Steve Hankey. He's a renowned, um, uh, world, uh, world-renowned economist. Has done many, many studies on this. Teaches at John Hopkins phenomenal. University in the States. Correct. Yeah. So smart, smart man. Um, but uh, I have a, you know, I always say, um, you know, you know, they, 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 they basically say like, you know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it certainly does rhyme. And you know, I I came across this video. Rookie just found the video um, of Ronald Reagan speaking. Um, in 7980 in and around there to a packed place when he was you know uh either running for president or was already president and speaking about inflation rookie if we're able to just show show that short clip 
He uh, has found it necessary to find a reason for inflation. He blamed OPEC. Uh, then he blamed the Federal Reserve System once, not too long ago. And then he blamed the American people, said that we were suffering from a malaise and we weren't productive enough. And then he took another crack at the American people and said that we had inflation because you and I were living too well. Well, you and I living too well is not the cause of inflation. We have inflation because government is living too well. And, you know, that's to awesome. that point, that's awesome. It's and the sorry, truth. When was that video from? When was that recorded? Right oh, before, God, right before the huge recession. Well, so he, yeah, he, well, in the middle. He became pre- he became the 40th president of the United States on January 20th, 1981. That was when he 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 came to office. So just before that, that's got to right. be his election campaign, right? In the yeah, 80s, and then that's why I'm asking 80s, right? the question. That's why I was asking the yeah, question and, if he and, was so obviously he would have already been the Republican uh, um, candidate, Republican nominee, yeah, for um, yeah, uh, for the party, right? So yeah. for the party, so that yeah. would have been uh, Jimmy Carter was in in at that stage. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, what we're seeing here is to politicians, to governments, to the Bank of Canada, the people of Canada, the people, the, you know, the middle class, the people who are struggling. We didn't do anything wrong. Um, you, you were asleep at the wheel with the economy. Some great economists were telling you to really change your monetary policy, really watch your fiscal policy, really, really watch your spending. Um, and you let it get out of control. And then world events happened, you know, um, like and Russia it's, it's OK, Ukraine. though. Right. Like the world events, COVID, everything is OK, but it's just how they, they handle they, it, every they, how they handled it. They rushed the money supply out. And recently, as we all know, they've now talked. Uh, what is it? Four point six billion dollars in overspending from COVID by the Canadian government. And yeah. I another statistic that that I found out that uh, I mentioned to Curry was the Canadian government right now is and this is scary to think the canadian government has over one billion dollars in covid vaccines in storage right now they're gonna expire expire we don't need them anymore we can't sell them like it's i understand that they they made an effort to try and get as much supply so that, that we could be the, you know, the most vaccinated country in the world and we could get our lives back to normal. But the fact that we have in this case, almost $6 billion of federal government mismanagement, misspending, uh, that we can't do anything with and, and good luck collecting it. The CRA collecting some of that 4.6 billion back. We can't do anything with the billion plus, in in covid vaccines that are sitting there um and and but the bank of canada the, and the bank of canada the only thing they can really do Sounds is angry right i 100% 100% right the only thing the bank of canada can really do to help uh inflation is is adjust the overnight lending rate but when us as consumers aren't the cause of it why are we the ones feeling the pain point? Our gov- our our central bank has raised the overnight lending rate by 400 basis points this year. Mm. Never done before, yeah. right? Never oh, done. Fuck. 
Fudge. Never Fudge. in history. And don't they say it's 12 to 18 months to see the results of the changes? They minimum. Made in- a bare minimum is three to four quarters in order for minimum. us to feel the change. Minimum. It's actually six to eight quarters, which is 18 to 24 months. People can yeah, tread can- water, right? People can tread water for a while. Well, sure they can. And, and right now it's start it's start no it's 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 starting and, and and for the record for people that are watching and and like we agreed with serb at the time you can go back you can go back and and into all of our previous podcasts like i i uh, you know who you know i deal with people's money all the time and i i said i went on record i'm like yeah it, it should but the problem was is they didn't connect it to anything so most economists said at the time when 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 covid hit and we had a lockdown you know it, it anywhere from 10 to 20% of gdp should have been set aside in order to deploy all right well our gdp in american dollars is in 2019 was around 1.8 trillion american us it's about 2.2 trillion ish in that time uh, in canadian dollars so in canadian dollars at 20% you're looking at 440 billion is what the max should have been from a spending perspective. And we're way over that. Like it, it's, it's not even, it's not, I mean, we did that in one year. Um, it, it's the, the U S according to Steve Hankey um, increased the money supply by 41% over two and a half years. And which equates to a, a yearly compounding of 15% of the money supply through 70 years of research of, of historical research. And a couple of those years, uh, money supply to inflation equaled one for one. They kind of know that if you, if you increase inflation by 1%, increase the money supply by 1%, you increase inflation by around 50 basis points. Um, and therefore, if you increase the money supply in the U S specifically by 15% a year, What's their inflation at right now? In and around six and a half to seven percent, so almost fifty percent. So it it makes sense. This this directly correlates to Mel's point. People on disability didn't get a dime of it. You, well, that's the other thing that ticks us off. It wasn't targeted properly. Um, a sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen year old should not be getting two thousand dollars a month to live at home in their in their person's basement. Conversely, we had people who worked at the casino here in Niagara at the Niagara Casino. Who are used to making seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year, hmm. usually a double income family, both working at the casino, um, and they were then relegated because it was closed. They were relegated to serve at two thousand dollars a month. Well, you had people turning in cars, you had people walking away from mortgages, rental pr- rental properties, like it was bad. And uh, like that's my point with it not being targeted. Like you should, there should have been a a, a metric, um, and it wasn't. Um, and that's the biggest problem. And then what did people do? I mean, I, I anecdotally, of course, um, I know of a guy that uh, lives out in BC. He had a rental property and, uh, the person that lived in the rental property applied for CERB and got it. Uh, according to the landlord, he, he didn't need it, but he got it. And he goes, the Amazon packages that kept coming to the door weekly. And in some cases daily, he goes, it was disgusting. He just, spent all spent it all has nothing to show for it so and i'm sure he's not the only one right like and i think she's got another point there too mel talking about corporate greed that's out there right now too 
So greedflation. Yeah, we we definitely... talk about the greedflation that's going down for sure. Right? It's in the, it's it's in the build industry right now, big time. Yeah. Massively. Yeah, on the labor side Massively. of things, right? On the labor side. The labor side somewhat for sure. And that's getting adjusted because as, as, as the demand for their jobs is, is gone now, they're calling yeah. now looking for work, right? Materials. But the materials still are sky high. Yeah. And it's because they know other materials in the build game are high. So they're just inflating it because everyone else is doing it, right? Now. Yeah. It gets crazy. Like yeah. the builders yeah. cannot drop their prices on the house right now because the materials are so high. There's, there's sky high to make it stuff. Lumbers I, come down. Lumbers come down, but trusses haven't because they're engineered and they're in such demand, the trusses. So you're backed up to get trusses right. and those remain high. Concrete is high. Lumbers down. But why we have a builder. Windows are up. Everything. We have, a, we have a client that's buying off a builder that just gave them notice or is trying to give them notice that, well, we can't, we can't deliver till 2026 now. Yeah, because they're pushing back. And I don't know what Terran will do for it because if they sign a contract, well, that's I think that, the person, thing, right? that person can walk after one year after their closing date was supposed to be. If it's not closed, they can walk or they can hang on to it if they want to, if they choose. But then they that's won't get why, to 2026, right? That's why it's with us. We've got to take a look at the critical dates and stuff, right? And see what the yep. the, the critical dates is. on that states that one year after extension, they don't do it. They Correct. Can watch after it after the lengthy extension, but then there was a COVID extension that gra- yeah. Yeah. Was, was permitted, right? That gave a little bit further extension. Now, what do you guys think about, what, what did we complain about before the pandemic, right? And the housing market. Do you remember what the biggest complaint was? Before the pandemic, yeah, right. Wasn't it? How I don't people, even remember before pandemic. How 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 people couldn't how that people couldn't afford getting into the market, right? How the new I guess it was starting. Was it was starting right about then. Yeah, yeah. That's when we were starting to talk, and right? then it skyrocketed. Right now, how in the hell, on the basis of this stress test, will any of these young kids? Mom and dad Mom and dad need to pull equity to, to down payment. That's it. They're not. Anyway. Yeah. So what happened? It's, what it's happened sad. to that? What happened to that kind of initiative where we want to try to help help people get into the market? That's, the that must part, be on. If, if, right? if they were buying a seven hundred thousand dollar house before, they you know like shouldn't be buying a seven hundred thousand dollar house first time buyer. But if they were, now that house is worth five hundred or five twenty five. And their monthly payments are the same or more. Still. No, there's no difference. So the price dropped on the house values, but their monthly payments are higher or very right. close. So there's no difference at all for them at all. Yeah, Mel's uh, Mel's got some great great quotes. I mean, like you're right, Mel. Uh, groceries. I mean, a family of four here. We can't. Yes, get it depends groceries. on the size of the family, but yeah, for but groceries. Even a single person, you can't get groceries under a hundred bucks. There's no way. Oh. Oh, chunky soup the other day. Everyone's got the sniffles and all that. Usually a can, two ninety nine, four ninety nine now. Yeah, four ninety nine. Four for just, one can of soup. You know, my my weekly grocery bill this week was one hundred and thirty bucks. Family of four. Right, mind you, and last week was probably one hundred and eighty. Like I remember last right. week being closer to two, and so I get it. But I just mean like that's a family of four, maybe with one. We must be slobs because I think we spend two fifty a week. <laughs> Oh, I think we spend 130 oh. every three days. Jeez, like yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> All depends, right? But um, anyway, we should. Uh, we're on a. I know we're on. We're on a time time crunch here. 
Um, but uh, everyone that's listening, and uh, Mel, thank you for always participating and, and watching the show. We really appreciate yes, it. Carrie, thanks for chiming in and with your points. We loved it. Uh, Kristen, we really and... appreciate you chiming in as well. Oh, Jesus. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? I, 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 I oh, think before God. we ended, though, we sh- I don't think we should end with such doom and gloom, though, as far as the market's okay. going. Yes. I All do right. believe the interest rates might start to adjust by the end of next year. So we might have yes. another raise in January, like a very Q3. small one. Q3. It should, it should kind of you know, settle in. There's a lot of look. Was, the, the interesting part about the market, especially in Niagara, there's so many people that own houses in Niagara that have zero mortgage at all. There's a ton of empty nesters out there with zero mortgage. So it's not affecting them whatsoever. But they're still downsizing, right? So they want to sell off their house and they want to get a, a different smaller townhouse, semi, bungalow, stuff like that, right? So the market's still moving out there. But like I think the interest rates are going to probably come down due to a lack of business sometime next year. We'll see what happens. I think February, March might be a busy time of year too. I think the next month is going to be a slog though. The next, during Christmas and all that, it's going to be a slog. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to talk about it like that, right now, mm-hmm. since October, the bond market has been softening. Bond <clears throat> yields are dropping since October. The reason the bond market is softening right now is because of the likelihood that the Bank of Canada can continue to sustain, even though it's different, even though the overnight lending rate is different than the bond market, they don't believe that the Bank of Canada can continue to sustain what they have created this monster and that's why the bond market is starting to decrease and there's a high likelihood that uh whether they want to admit if the bank of canada does decrease rates in 2023 i don't think they're going to but because that would be a sign that they failed didn't they just cash right. out a bunch of bonds no they they or they're talking about it <coughs> that's what uh, so a lot of people may have recently heard that for the first time in history the bank of canada uh Last has announced on a, paper a loss but it's a paper on loss. paper it's, right yeah. now it's an accounting loss it's not actually a loss until they go and sell and what the bank of canada is just doing is they're holding those bonds they're holding those notes until they can recover so all they're saying is, look, you guys are losing money. We're losing money too. So it's not that bad. It's bad for you. It's bad for us. Blah, blah, blah. But it's I'm okay. sorry, but that's not, that's not it's a bull, it's a bullshit. It's a bullshit. That's not an acceptable response that's, for the government. Yeah. Well, we're losing money. So it's okay that you guys are losing money too. That's horseshit. Pardon my language, but. It's a difference. You're pardoned. Yeah. Like that's. Brandon fixed income's got to be, you know. You got to be looking. We're starting to, yeah, they're starting to make some good moves in fixed income. We're starting to see those 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 funds and those portfolios starting to turn around, which is really good because they were hurting for a very very long time. Um, but to Trevor's point, it's because the yield keeps increasing. So when interest rates increase, bond yields increase, bond prices decrease. They have an inverse relationship. Yeah. yeah. So so the yield is dropping right now, right? It's going the. It's inverting going well, because the they think supply is going to start to flood the market. So when supply floods the market of bonds that are for sale, they don't, they're like, well, supply yield demand. has to drop. Like supply it's supply and demand, demand right? right? That's why yeah. it's quantitative. Now they're doing quantitative tightening versus quantitative easing. But uh, anyways, uh, Mel, we love you too. Thank you so much again for always participating. We really appreciate it. Bondo. Saint Lich. 
St. Glitch, Brand Boulevard, thank you very and much. Also, just so that the listeners, viewers all know that the uh, the next one is going to be on the 30th of December, but it is uh, a best of, right? We're, uh, all of us are packing up our offices. It's just us. Hey, who's it's packing up us, today? It's just us busting <laughs> Trevor's balls for, for an hour straight. Pretty much for a straight hour. I wouldn't just be surprised. RV, that's it. I really we instructed Rookie to do that. If that's the best. And no of. Leafs talk at all that's negative. Rookie, please, some Leafs busting. Please, please, please. <laughs> all right, Bondo, take us out. Help us help you stay informed. Go Leafs! The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.